Welcome sports fans to the hottest sports podcast in the game, JT and the Don, with your hosts, Jimmy Thompson and Donato Bucci. They're covering the most current issues in sports from the 305 to the 412 and all the way to the West Coast. You can follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at JT and the Don or email them at JT and the Don at gmail.com. Now take it away, guys. Welcome to the next episode of JT and the Don. I am the Don, Donato Bucci. And remember to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and whatever platform you listen to all of your other favorite podcasts. And remember to please leave us a five-star review. Happy New Year to everyone. And I hope it started off uh, great for you. And thank you for joining us on another episode of JT and the Don All Sports Podcast. So, for the first time in 2022, let me welcome in everyone's favorite JT, Jimmy Thompson. How you feeling this new year? Not good. Uh, didn't get off to a great start. Uh, I know we say we don't like to talk about fantasy sports, but uh, any championship that was worth money, I lost in. So we're going to talk about a big reason why I lost in a minute. But you know what? That's uh, not the reason. Not, that's not the only bad reason. Luck. It was not good. That's not other, the only other, than, other than other than that. I guess it was good. It was nice to be off, you know, get to chill out, relax before yeah, we go can, back to can work. You never, can you never just be thankful for things and appreciate things? It's always about fantasy sports with you. Like if you're not in, in first place winning championships, you're miserable to be around. Damn, you sound like you've never won before. But yeah, that's what it feels like. And you can see, you can never you're tell. Supposed to be miserable if you and, don't win. And you can never tell because I'm always happy. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk about one of the big reasons I lost uh, my fantasy matchups, and that's Antonio Brown. So you know we have to start off this show talking about one of the most bizarre scenes we have ever seen during an NFL, NFL football game. In the middle of the third quarter against the Jets, A.B. took off his gear threw his shirt and gloves in the stand and left the field. Uh, Bucks coach Bruce Arians after the game said, and I quote, A.B. is no longer a Buck. So, Don, uh, once, you're, once you're a boy in Pittsburgh, uh, was this the end of A.B. in the NFL? Well, you know, never say never, JT, especially in the NFL. So, you know, as far as the end and never again in the NFL – uh, that'd be a strong statement. So never say never, but I mean, who is going to want him? He has now quit JT three times on his team, Pittsburgh Steelers, then with the Raiders and now with Tampa, that's three times. I mean, how many more chances is he going to get? How many more times are teammates going to want him to be on their team? And listen, I've told you this before. The reason why he could get away with it in Pittsburgh and leading into uh, with the Raiders, his talent outweighed all of his antics. They outweighed all of his off-field troubles, all his legal problems. But JT, the talent to the patience of teams has caught up, meaning the patience with teams probably surpasses his talent now in terms of just his production and his skills. I mean, let's face it, he's he's well into he's into his 30s now and I know you've asked me this I ask it back like who will want him I look in the NFL maybe the Jacksonville Jaguars that's his only hope because that may draw some fans I don't know who honestly would want him or need him and the other thing 
what teammates would want him, right? If you're taking a poll in the locker room, would Aaron Rodgers really want a guy like this? Like Aaron Rodgers is his own diva. He doesn't want guys like this on his team. So, I mean, Mike Evans tried and he just looked defeated in that conversation on the sideline. And if it doesn't work with Tom Brady, JT, tell me who it would work with. Like who is going to take a chance knowing there's a good probability it does work out. I I just don't see it. Good points. This is tough for me because if you'd asked me this like immediately after it happened, I probably would agree with you 100% because we did talk about this immediately after it happened. I know you say you don't listen to me when I'm speaking, but we did talk about this and you said that at the time that he would not be cut. And I was like, yeah, there's no way he's not getting cut after this. I mean, what he just did, he embarrassed not only Brady, but Bruce Arians in the NFL on national television. You know, like you can't embarrass those three level of people and come back. But we'll talk about another another point in a minute. But as far as saying he's done the NFL, I mean, dudes have come back from worse. And I'm sorry to say this. He might not be getting the volume, but I don't that he used to get in Pittsburgh. But I don't think that's because he's not talented enough he was hurting that game and i was watching it he had a route on one of those jets dbs that was so filthy it was probably his only catch of the day that was like 20 something yards i mean he hit him with you know uh it was a go turn in turn out and then go up like i mean the db was every which way but ab is still ab he's just not in the situation like he is in pittsburgh where he's getting a million targets a season so is he done in the nfl you always say talent will get you chances. He still has talent. And if he's healthy, you damn right that a team is going to take a chance on him. And I, I would be stupid to say that there's not some NFL team that sees that he still has it and is like, you know what? We can bring him in. We can, we can get him on the right track. I, I don't know who would think that it, Tom Brady and Belichick couldn't do it. Tom Brady and Bruce Arians could not do it. So I, if, if teams are honestly thinking that, then they're fooling themselves. Okay. Well, you, you might say that, but here's the thing. You're saying that nobody would want him, which brings me to my next question, which I find really, really, really co- coincidental. It's perfect time. It's funny. So the Bucks have yet to release him and have some speculating that, they don't want him to sign with another team, preferably for the playoffs. So is that fair or foul one that they're not releasing him so that he'll be a free agent to sign with somebody else? And knowing that the Bucks have not released him yet, do you still keep your answer of, that, of yes, that he is done in the NFL? Well, apparently all is fair in the NFL at this point, JT. You could quit on a sideline, throw your gear. Maybe a team won't cut you. Uh, maybe they're doing it out of spite. Like, it, I don't want to say it is fair, but it's leaning toward it is fair. You quit on a, you quit on your team. You quit for a third time on your team. Now, not particularly this team, but as the third time you've done it, like why should teams do you a favor, JT? Because listen, if you let him walk, I know the precedent's been set at times, but if you let him walk and you just release him and he goes sign somewhere else, guess what? Anyone that's on a one or two year non-guaranteed deal it's going to do exactly it's going, what it's going to strip down. Exactly. Exactly. So you yeah. don't want to set that precedent. Plus, I do, whoa, whoa. I do. I do want to set that precedent. If, he, if he's going to help me win a championship, 
if I was a Dolphins, I'm not saying I would do it, but if I was, you know, I'm just picking my favorite team. No, obviously. no, no. What I'm saying, but no, I what, wouldn't care. I would bring him no, in. I mean, he's no, still no, 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 no. What I'm saying is, if the Buccaneers release him, then any player that's unhappy somewhere is going to do exactly what he did. Quit in the middle of the game. I'm not retiring. I'm just quitting. I want out. You know what I mean? So if they see AB gets cut, like, huh? That's a way funny. to get. That's a way to get out of Miami. Started going. What's that? That would be hilarious. That's how things start. Yeah. Going. So, you know, plus, listen, players hold out all the time. You know, they don't size, they don't sign franchise tags. They demand trades. Hey, the team is leveraging their power in this instance. But, but this is the thing. Um, I think. Fair or foul? Well, I, I said fair, but this is why. I think they're holding off on releasing him because they've been in discussions with the NFL on how to go about releasing him because of the contract. You know, he could maybe turn around and file a grievance for, they got rid of me, so I wouldn't hit these bonuses, right? Like, I still want to come back in week 18. They released me, so I don't make that money. So I think it's more of a contract thing and not so much, you know, they don't want him to go play for a competitor. But I think the Jacksonville Jaguars would probably pick him up. I do think it's foul just from the standpoint of if you're done, cut him. Like you are finished with AB. He's no longer a buck. Prove it. Release him. And if we're talking about money, how much money could AB actually command this contract? I mean, we're talking about one or two million dollars. Release him. And to me, we talked about this on the just uh, this just in podcast. And I told you, like, there is rumors out there. One that he was hurt. And he really felt that he should have been out there. And, you know, there's there's more and more evidence of distrust publicly between players and NFL medical staff. But also, too, there's a rumor out there that the Bucks were trying to keep A.B. from reaching his one million dollar incentive. So maybe this gives a little bit of credence to that. Like, I, I, I'm more willing to listen to A.B. now more than usual, just because this whole situation is odd on both sides. And to me, if you're done, it's foul that you're blocking him from continuing his career elsewhere. Like, you can't be done with him, but then scared somebody's going to beat you by picking him up. Like, it could be the Jags. It could be the Packers. Like, you don't know. If you're done, let that man continue his career. KT, let me, let me, let me tell you this. He didn't look injured to me. And I, I've, I told you this when we were on the hashtag This Just In show. He didn't look injured to me when he's you know, complaining on the sideline, throwing his gear. This man did two jumping jacks. Like, oh, he cleared protocol. Hey, but did in. he not look fine? He And then he sprints into the tunnel. And the other thing, JT, do you think – how many games was he suspended? Three games? I think three, yeah. Okay. Do you think he reaches his incentives if he plays in all three? Probably. Okay. So he has only himself. No, he has only himself to blame. Take accountability. I think he does. You're doing this guy a favor. He had a major ankle injury. He had a major ankle injury that obviously still wasn't right because he tweaked it again before the Jets game. He has only himself to blame for the suspended games. And you're doing exactly what everyone else has done. The Steelers did it for years. You know, the Patriots tried to let him get away with it until it got out to the media that he was, you know, kind of threatening someone that you're letting him slide. You're letting him get away with how he acts. Take responsibility, take accountability for your actions, Antonio Brown. Now, I don't know about the medical stuff. Granted, 
I'm sure that 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 happened before Antonio Brown and it will happen in the future. Right. They're trying to push guys on the field. We know that. Like, let's not be naive, but he's got to take some accountability. And if this is the way the team is handling it, hey, they have to do what's best for them. And if that's to prevent him from going to the Packers to play, hey, maybe that's how they beat Green Bay. All I'm saying is both sides here have a responsibility, but I think it's more they're not letting him go because of the contract issue that they don't want to let him go and then still have to pay him. NFL is so petty. They're so rich. And they're it, arguing about it's what true, though. You know that. You said it. It's it's petty. It's petty. <laughs> P-A, petty AF. So, I mean, ultimately, the whole discussion at this point is, is his career done or not? But, I mean, there's another question that is legit at this point, and it's the Hall of Fame. So, do you think, based on this point, do you think A.B. gets into the Hall of Fame? No. I – I was leaning yes when you gave me this list of questions. And I said, that's an easy one, yes. And then I did some research and thought about it more. And I'm going to go with no, JT. There's only been, and I know I know we're not talking just about first ballot. We're talking about just getting in, right? Just getting in. Because first ballot is off the table at right. that point. But what I'm saying is this shows you how hard it is just to get in. For, there's only seven all-time first ballot wide receivers. And there's only been three in the past 25 years. It is difficult. So first ballot out the window. Okay, what does that leave? Think about this. Voters don't forget things like this. You talk about being petty and holding grudges, JT. Voters will do this because they feel like if you've cheated the game, they will hold it to you. Even if it's not something illegal, they will hold you accountable for it. And especially of all the sports, this is a team sport and voters are going to see this guy is more about the individual than the team. That does not represent the values. Well, football and baseball have the, the most petty Hall of Fame voters. And, and that's why he's not going to get in. Uh, you know, they're going to feel like his values do not show what it means to be in the in, in Canton in the Football Hall of Fame. And, you know, the other thing is, then I looked at his stats. He's 24th all-time in receiving yards. Sounds really good, but when you break it down, you know who's in front of him? Guys like Brandon Marshall, Jason Witten, Irving Fryer, Andre Risen. Or, I'm sorry. Those three, Andre Risen's in front of them in touchdown receptions. As far as I know, those four guys I named, not in the Hall of Fame. So, granted, they took more games to do it, but no matter how dominant A.B. was, I think his actions over the past three years have removed him in the voters' mind from being a lock, and I, I just don't think he gets in at that point. Okay, I think some of it is, you know, Prisoner of the moment, and also to you know, he burned you in Pittsburgh, and I get well, it. Can but you say, it, hold on, can you say prisoner of the moment when they did the same thing to T.O.? And that's that's what I was gonna say. He should get in, and two reasons why I think he will get in. Well, three actually. The two are one, you brought up T.O. T.O. obviously got in, and you know, he was AB, he was looked at as the AB before AB came along, and his numbers were all there legit, and he got in eventually, and then. I told you this when it happened. Calvin Johnson being not just a Hall of Famer, but a first ballot Hall of Famer ruined the voting process because you should have not been a first ballot Hall of Famer. So then I look at I look at the stats of guys that are. I feel like I disagree in, with that, but go that ahead. are in the Hall of Fame. He's a four time All Pro. That's more than only uh, Jerry Rice. It, that's more than anybody. Only Jerry Rice, uh, T.O., and uh, he's tied with Randy Moss for the most All Pros 
for a career for for wide receiver. He's tied for fifth all time in Pro Bowl selections by a wideout. He has more receiving yards uh, and touchdowns than Calvin Johnson and Michael Irvin, who we argue are all time greats. And then I started looking at all the Hall of Fame receivers and, you know, like where their numbers are and like what the average median is. So this is a career makeup of what an average Hall of Fame wide receiver would look like. About 750 receptions, 11,630 yards, 90 touchdowns, and about 190 games played. All right. You want to know where AB's career stats are when it comes to this is the average I looked them Hall up. of Fame makeup? I looked them up. More, more receiving, more receptions, 928, kills the receiving yards, 12,291 to 11,083 touchdowns. He's right behind, but he would probably crush that. And he's done it in only 146 games. Like he is a Hall of Fame player right now. And there's guys, of course, that may have some better stats, but there's a lot of guys that are in there that are behind him. And so what? He got a bad attitude. The same way we oh. think Barry Bond should be in there, big head and all. Like, A.B. deserved to be in the Hall of Fame. He has the numbers between the lines on the field, and there's nothing you can do to take that away from him. That man has Hall of Fame resume oh. written all over him. Oh, yes, you can. The voters can say, you know what? You are about you. That's not the spirit of the Eddie, Hall of Fame. You know but you know what? That's not fair because you know what? Because of the position he plays, he gets labeled as a me person. There's plenty of damn quarterbacks that are I understand. me people. Hey, you don't think JT, Ben Roethlisberger is a me person? All, John Elway is not a yeah. me person? All those guys you named and all of those means and medians, I love how you brought the math out. Name me a guy on that in the Hall of Fame. Go pull up the busts. Name me a guy that quit on his team they jumped three times. Jacks and left the game. No, 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 no. He quit three times. I don't care about the jumping jacks. He quit three times. Name me a guy that quit once in the NFL Hall of Fame. Well, also, too, yeah, I, can go and, exactly. I can go. Exactly. Well, first of all, everybody's not everybody's not an A.B. type personality. You know, everybody's not like that. But also, too, it's not fair because A.B. is really one of probably one or two or three guys that are even eligible to be on this list that have played their career entirely in the social media era. So, like, I don't know. Can you imagine if we had Instagram and Twitter or Michael Irvin was playing with the Cowboys? And JT, it might, be, it might the, have been worse. The argument it, he might he might not have did with AB did on the field, but the off the field stuff would be in, ridiculous. Same thing with guys like Lawrence Taylor. Can you imagine if Lawrence Taylor had Twitter? Like you might be saying the same thing. Oh, no way he gets in because you know the voters are going to be like that guy's this a distraction. Like AB is a victim of social media and also, of course, of his own actions, but like. Because he's playing in a different time, I'm not going to discredit. And the one equalizer is stats. You get, you can't argue the man's stats. I can. He if you give me a chance, I can. If you give me a chance. You mentioned two things. Social media. These guys were LT, Lawrence Taylor, and Michael Irvin. If they were in today's game, oh, my goodness, who knows? You're right. No one is saying Lawrence Taylor and Michael Irvin are saints. No one by any stretch. But you know the difference? Again, A.B. quit on his team not once. Not twice, three times. LT never took a game off. And Michael Irvin, know. Michael Irvin, how do you know we don't know? Go we pull up the film. You, and know, Michael Irvin is, never quit is, on his team. Is, you're, you're, you're saying for you to say, okay, Michael Irvin or, or LT never quit. Like that might be true, but also like you weren't, you weren't watching the games back then. The only, the only information you had was from your local newspaper. 
And if you're I'm pretty sure if your local newspaper no, did you, not say that you, LT bro, walked you, out or quit on the practice oh or he didn't want to go back into a game, like you wouldn't know. It's the same thing like Scotty Pippen. You no. know how we know he we you know how we no, know that Scottie don't Pippen. go there. Do no. not do not say that. Do not don't say it's because of the 30 for 30. People no, 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 at no. the time knew well, we you saw, act like saw, you act saw, like Lawrence Taylor and Michael Irvin. We saw it, we saw it. But JT, you act like Michael Irvin and Lawrence Taylor played in 1910. Only way we would know it is in the newspaper. I'm not, I'm not I'm not saying that, but you're acting like the media coverage for football was as invasive as it is now. Like, in the 80s and agree. 90s, it was he on quit, television. I agree. He, I agree, he quit on his team, but it, you're not holding that against okay. I'm not holding that against him. He should be well, in, and I think well, we'll get in. But what I'm saying is you don't, you don't know the voters. They're going to hold that against them. And the other thing is you talk about you can't debate the stats. I can. If Michael Irvin and Lynn Swan and Lance Allworth and Raymond Barry played in today's game, their stats would be tenfold of what they have. That? Do we know that? No. But you also don't know. I know, if a, I know if A.B. played when the Steelers had Jack Lambert, <laughs> he'd be the best receiver ever. Really, would he? Because would he have the science? Would he have the recovery ability in terms of the medicine in the advancement and technology and medicine? You just want to poo-poo all of that just to fit A, B in your narrative. Can we all go right, on we to the spend, next we question? We're going to spend forever talking about Can we go on to the age? next question? Please go on to the thank next you, question. A, thank B, you. If, if you, if you're watching the show, you in the Hall of Fame. He don't listen or watch this hey, show. Hey, man, business is booming. He in. <laughs> it ain't booming now. So... The day is almost upon us, JT, during the NFL season. It's one of you. You can't wait. This is what's sick about you. You can't wait for this day. Oh, I, I, I love it when people lose their jobs. That is so bad. It's so bad, man. <laughs> no, I'm well, joking. I'm joking. I don't, don't want to see people get fired. It's one of the most savage of days in sports. That is a Black Monday, the Monday after the regular season finale. That's the day where the coaches get canned. This year, JT, looks like it won't be any different than the past few years where we have multiple coaches get fired. So let me start with this question. Which two coaches do you think should be let go? This was so hard because I was like, damn, I only get to pick two. So I had to wow. pick. <laughs> no, it's true because I think it's like four coaches that should be that should be fired this year immediately. But these two are so egregious. It's like if you don't fire these two guys, like you are basically asking for trouble for the next decade. The first one, I'm pretty sure you can guess who it is because I've been saying he should be fired for about two and a half years. I have, I have him on as well. So go All ahead. Right. Can you, can you at least give me credit? Because I called him on the hot seat like yeah, two and two, a half years ago. And two, I was like, two, se go. yeah, two seasons ago, I think on the preview show. Good job. I'll give you that. And it's Matt Nagy. You know, he's, he has to go. To be honest with you, I have never seen a coach have a meltdown like this when his back is against the wall. Like you were coaching for your job this year and he just had a full blown on meltdown. Like he was so bad that people thought that what he was doing was intentional. Like it looked like it was on purpose. It was so bad. And he almost ruined the future and the morale of the franchise. Like he almost ruined Justin Fields. And he was so bad as a coach that I think players at some point were just like, look, I might not be as hurt as, I, as, I, as I'm saying. I just don't want to come back and play and waste this year. Like, he made pros debate taking a red shirt year. I think he was that bad. 
And he was so bad that he showed why he should never be a coach, a head coach in the NFL again. So Matt Nagy, been calling for you to go for a couple of years. He got to go on Black Monday. And then the second one is another one I called. I told you I hated this hire when they did it. And it's Joe Judge of the Giants. And you're going you're gonna to give me that props, too. I told you this was a terrible hire. I don't recall that. You got to pull. Oh, you don't go pull up the take. I said it was you, terrible. You, you pull the tape. Terrible hire. He, to me, I think Matt Nagy has to go just because it's in the spotlight more. But this, he is a he's a worse coach. Like, it's so bad. I, I had to go look up the stat again. I'm, I'm checking the internet right now because I want to make sure I have my glasses on, even though I don't wear them. But the Giants just played the Bears and they lost 29-3. Guess how many passing yards they had that game? I'll say like 59. Negative 10. Like, <laughs> negative 10 passing yards. Like, like this is the NFL. It's like modern day offense. It's negative 10. And that's why he has to go because now he's coupled up with another guy I don't like and get him and they both should go. But he has developed zero of, zero of their young prospects. And also... I'm starting to notice a trend besides Brian Flores of the Patriots coaches when they leave New England. And he is starting to fit the personality traits to a T. And it's unaware and it's no accountability. And that's what you saw with Matt Patricia in Detroit. It's like, well, I mean, we suck. It's not my fault. You know, it must be everybody else. And you saw that with Josh McDaniels in Denver, and that's why they failed. And you can't be that way as a head coach. Yeah, you were good in New England, but this is not New England. You don't have Bill Belichick cleaning up your mistakes. And, and also, too, he's doing the number one thing that, you, that will get you hated in the NFL amongst your peers and the players. He's throwing coaches under the bus on his way out. Like, you cannot do that. So if they don't fire him now, I feel like they will set the Giants back for a decade. So I never – like to see coaches fired but so my question to myself was i changed it of what what we had asked was who do i think will be let go i agree with you i think Nagy will be let go you you name the reasons and i don't like saying this because i thought it was a great hire at the time and i still have hope that he can turn it around but i think matt rule is going to be let go there's Ooh. rumors there's I know that hurts you to say that. Uh, it does. The rumor. <laughs> oh man! Oh, tell me, tell me, tell me before you go into that rule. Like, I want to say this for you guys that are listening. This is a huge, huge maturity step for this guy right here because he was victory laughing Matt Rule every chance. We're in the press conference. <laughs> he, he don't. He don't. He don't. He he don't remember anything that I got right. But he'll tell you one thing. Oh, that rule was a great hire. So the fact that he said he got to go. Hey, man, look, that's maturity. That's growth. I'm, I'm proud of you. Damn, 2022 might be a good year for us. Taking baby steps. Um, you know, there's rumors out there that, and I don't know how true they are. Again, they're rumors that the owner is supposedly regretting hiring Matt Rule as the head coach. That's not good when the owner's saying it. They've lost six in a row, JT, after, I believe, beating Arizona, surprisingly. They've now lost six in a row. That's not the way you want to end it going into the, the Monday after the regular season. And then there's rumors out there that college teams, schools are interested in him come back. And, that, and that he might listen, even though I think he's denying it. Like, yeah, you never know. So I, I think they're just going to part ways, let Matt Rule go back to the – 
back to the college ranks and, and uh, Carolina Panthers, you know, move on. Now, JT, which two coaches do you think will be let go, but you don't think – Oh, you, you they, only had one? You only had one guy? Well, I told you – I said Nagy. I, I, I agree with Oh, okay, with you. you agree with Nagy. Yeah, I, I think that's inevitable. So, um, but which two coaches do you think will be let go, but doesn't deserve to be fired just yet? Whew, so this was tough. Um, one, I'm just going to say uh, – I'm not going to say much about him, but I feel like you can't really fire Pete Carroll regardless of what happens with Russell Wilson just because he has, he has a contract record. Yep, and he's shown that most years they're going to be a competitive team regardless of the talent level. So I think it would be dumb to cut him loose after one really bad season. And then the other one is my guy, Brian Flores. <laughs> I think I mean, he's safe. You you really I don't think, know. I don't, you I, think, I think he'll be safe. let go because that's part no, I of the think question. He's on, I think he's on the hot seat because I think okay. fans. I don't think the average fan is as sold on him as you and I are. Like I think that if we were to let him go, like this will be an equivalent to like Cleveland letting Belichick go. Like this is a mistake. Like I think the fans don't realize how bad the Dolphins were, and like I think. Him and Stephen Ross, like, they came to an agreement. Like, he agreed. We're shit. Like, it's going to take time. It's going to take more than four years to turn this around. And, like, I think Flores knows he has time. But, I mean, you look what he did this year. We talked about this on the last show. Started one and seven. Rattled off seven straight. We beat the Patriots. We beat the Ravens. We played well against Buffalo in beat one the, game. I think you beat the Bills. You did beat the Bills at one point. No, I think we lost both games to them. But one game we played them tight. I, I had them? it down. I had it down that you guys beat them in the seven game win streak. Well, one game we go got ahead. blown out, and then go one ahead. game we played them tough. But I mean, we lost our starting quarterback for three weeks. We have a bad O line, no running backs, and he had us in the playoffs. And here's the here's the thing that we always talk about. This is why I think Flores should not be let go. He is actually good at the one thing that is his calling card, which is defense. Like you look at our defense, fifty two takeaways the past two seasons. We led the NFL last year with twenty nine. We're in the we're in the mid twenties again. Like, we have no stars in the front seven, and he's doing that. So I look at that and think, if you let him go, that's a big mistake because as soon as he goes somewhere with the quarterback, you'll see, ah, that really was a great coach that we had, and we ruined it. Well, I just don't think they're going to let him go. I don't even think it's even on their mind, JT, but that would be a good one. But I, I, I can't see how they could even be thinking that. The guy won seven games in a row in the NFL after starting I, one and I, seven. That's I, amazing. I agree. I agree. It shouldn't even be a question, but I feel like I hear too much chatter that, you know, that he might be on the hot seat. Like, if you go go just look online, like a lot of sites and, you know, sports media people think that he is one of those coaches that is possibly facing the axe. And I'm like, that's ridiculous. Well, you have a better pulse on the Dolphins than me. You've got the connections in South Florida, so I, I take your word that word. it could that it could be that it could be debated. Um, I'm going to get on my soapbox for this guy, and I don't know why. Let me, let me just sit back. <laughs> <laughs> I got to listen to him. I, I don't know why, but I think he just doesn't get respect. And listen, going in, I thought this was a bad hire to begin with, but he's kind of convinced me possibly otherwise. Vic Fangio, JT, I know. Listen. They're seven and nine, but it's the Denver Broncos without. I mean, they've had receivers go down left and right, and they Teddy Bridgewater. We respect him, JT, but he's never going to take you to a Super Bowl. He's never going to win you multiple games in the playoffs. And he's again no QB, but he's kept them in it, kept them fighting. Seven and nine, 
He's now 19 and 29 over his three years. But, you know, they had a lot of growing pains, no matter who the coach was going to be in those first two years. And I think if this team has a guy like Aaron Rodgers, they're easily in the playoffs. You could say that about a lot of teams, but they're easily in the playoffs. And they're Super Bowl contenders with the way the defense is playing. The defense, and you go back to Brian Flores, hey, they're good at the one thing he's known for. Well, so is the Denver Broncos, right? <laughs> like, they're they're number nine in total yards given up per game. They're number seven in passing yards allowed per game. And this is a pass-happy division with the Chargers and the Chiefs. And they're number Raiders three team. in the Raiders. And they're number three in scoring defense, meaning they allow the third least amount of points per game. Oh, that's their defense what, is nasty. Especially yeah, that's what the NFL. Like that's yeah, that's what the NFL is about. Can you outscore the other team, and can you keep the other team from outscoring you? And their defense lives up to it. Even going back to 2019, number 10 in scoring defense, number 12 in total yards per game. That was in 2019. So, I mean, teams don't like playing them. He gets a QB. Then we can see what happens. Then you can evaluate him uh, properly. But until then, I think it'd be premature. And then the other guy, because I looked at his record, and I know you're going to totally disagree with me here, though, Mike Zimmer. He's 73 and 59, JT, over the eight years he's you, been there. You're so Look. lucky we can only say two because Zimmer <laughs> was my third. I know. You know he's, been, he's been on my hot seat list for a couple of years, too. Well, the thing here is eight seasons – 73 and 59 JT that doesn't sound great but I'll tell you what it's you not can, bad I mean that's good. it's not bad you can do a lot worse granted he's not Bill Belichick but maybe with a couple more pieces on defense now they can turn it around they've made the playoffs three out of eight seasons which again doesn't sound great but in the division that featured Green Bay Devontae Adams Aaron Jones Aaron Rodgers they're all on one team that's pretty good that's what I'm saying, though. That team is consistently winning the division, but Minnesota hangs around. And listen, they've added some pieces. Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson. I don't know if Cousins the answer, but I don't think the answer is just simply firing Mike Zimmer. That's all. You know what? You brought, you, I, I definitely get with you on the Fangio. You definitely convinced me. Good job on that one. Here's why you can't convince me on Mike Zimmer, because I feel like the record is fool's gold. You look at – what was it? What was that? three years ago when they had the Minnesota miracle, like they were in the NFC championship game and like they've gotten worse every year since then. And it's like that one year I think is propping him up and you look at the years around it and it's like, it's just mediocrity. Like I think they, there was a, there was a Thursday night game. I want to say like four years ago where they played the Rams and they got destroyed. (laughs) They got destroyed by the Rams by Jared Goff. And I'm like, Ever since that game, they just have like they have not been the same because I feel like teams just have figured out Mike Zimmer on defense and, and like he has good defensive games here and there, but they're just not what they used to be before that game. And it's like maybe he has just reached the point of this is what we are with him. This is ceiling. It's, it's the same thing with like um like Mike McCarthy in Green Bay. Like was he a bad coach? No, but it's just some coaches just reach their ceiling with the team. And sometimes it's just time to start with something different. I think that's what's going on with them. He never had Aaron Rodgers, but yeah, Kirk Cousins paid him like Aaron Rodgers, but that's that not really his decision, but go ahead. All right. But speaking of paying, can we talk about uh, your boy, Kirk Herbstreet? My God, he's an Ohio state guy. Come on. 
no. But of course, we're talking about the mini rant uh, by Kirk Herbstreet this past weekend during uh, college football game day on New Year's Day, where he said, and I quote, I just think this era of football players just doesn't love football. <laughs> so, Don, was Herbstreet's comment fair or foul in your opinion? You know, I, I don't want to bash someone for their opinion, especially JT. You're when about they to get, put the mallet to his ass. Well, when they get paid for, you know, they get paid big money. He gets paid big money to offer college football opinions. Um, but must Herbstreet comment on everything? Like, I mean, he that's literally his he, job. <laughs> I know, but he didn't need to question and call out the players like this, right? Like, that's what I'm saying. He doesn't always need to be, you know, out there like that in making these sort of statements. And in fact, he actually walked it back, I believe, either later on in the in the day or the next day in a tweet afterward, um, you know, after the show. So I think right there, he kind of said, he's kind of admitting, all right, maybe I went too far. So I think in that sense, it is foul because he went too far. But, you know, JT, the, the reason why he's wrong is players sacrifice their bodies. College football players sacrifice their bodies every Saturday. And I know that sounds old and cliche, but they do. They are not. It's not not all of them are making the pros. So they're not all out there playing for a shot in the NFL, right? These are only a few elite college stars that are sitting out these bowl games. And, you know, all of these guys, in my opinion, even the ones trying to get to the NFL, they started playing and they still currently play because they do love the sport. They do love playing. And it's, hey, I'll tell you what, Kirk Herbstreet, if you're willing to pitch in and college football starts pay, paying these guys, guess what? Yeah, give up your they, salary. Yeah, they'll love they, it more. <laughs> they will play in these games because now they're not they're financially secure, right? Listen, they all love it. To question their love to me, that was absolutely wrong. And on top of that, guys nowadays are bigger, stronger, faster than ever. So it's, for a, these, it's a bigger grind. It's a yeah. it's a more intense grind. And, and that's and that's exactly it, JT. I mean, they're playing fifteen games if they get to the national title. If they're playing in a bowl and a conference championship, they're playing fourteen games. Kirk Herbstreit probably only played in eleven. Three extra games? Hey, why do I have to play three extra games, right? I'm trying to get to the NFL. Maybe that's their thinking, but that should not be a uh, – that should not question their love of the game, in my Ooh, opinion. I knew you was going – I knew you was going to give Kirk the business. I'm going to just be honest with you. It was all the way foul. Like, he <laughs> – cat. It was terrible for two reasons. One, players valuing their financial future – does not mean they don't love football. And I, and I hate that. That's such a, like a casual opinion. Like, oh, like if you love something, you do it at all costs. That's not true. Like if you love something, you also do it smart and planned, you know? So if I'm a big time star and I'm, I'm not playing in a national championship, like, yeah, like what's the point of me playing? Like I could, I could jeopardize my future. Also too, I'm going to say this. I hate when people do this. I feel like Kirk Herbstreet is, his comment is a little bit dipped in jealousy. And I'll tell you what I mean. I hate people that say stuff like this about athletes that don't love football, but they're so talented that they can do something that they don't love and get paid more than you ever could. Like you love the game so much and you probably couldn't make a quarter of what these guys could make. 
And like, just because they're not showing the same level of affection for the game that you would, you get mad because I do think it's the same thing with like LeBron. Like they put themselves in their shoes and like, Hey, if I was that guy six foot eight and could jump out the gym, Oh, I'd be doing this. And I wouldn't, I would do it free. Like, yeah, that's you. But guess what? He came on Thibodeau may not love football, but guess what? He's damn talented enough to be paid millions of dollars. So just because his skill set allows him to do something that you can't do, you can't fault him for that and then call him out. And that's why I think it looks bad for Kirk Herbstreit because he looks like a hater. Now, I mean, he did play though, so you, you got to give him that respect. I, I mean, he, I'll, I'll give him his props. I mean? I'll give him his props. He did play, but he ain't. He is. He wasn't the type of player that some of these guys are that he's calling out. Like he wasn't no Derek Stingley Jr. You know what I'm saying? Or he wasn't a Kayvon Thibodeau. You know what I'm saying? Like. He wasn't even Matt Coral. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, he was a really he was a really good receiver, but I mean, like, he wasn't these guys. Like, so I believe he would play the game for free because he loves it. You love it because you had to work so hard at it. Like Kayvon Thibodeau shows up for three years, puts in some but, puts in some work, and he can make millions. But JT, I understand he's trying to get to the NFL, but even Thibodeau loves the game. You would not have been playing it not, since I, you were I'm a not, youngster. I'm not, I'm not saying he doesn't. I'm pretty sure Kayvon loves the game. Like I'm, I don't want, I don't want to say he doesn't. But what I'm saying is, there's a possibility that there are guys that are talented. They're going to be high draft picks that don't love football. They just love what it can do for them. Like, should they be bashed because they're good at something? Like people go to their jobs every day that they hate, that they hate, and make tons of money, and they hate it. They're just good at it. Like they don't love it. But the crux of this was um, the non-playoff games and, you know, their importance and, you know, the players opting out of it. So do non-playoff bowl games matter to players, in your opinion? Listen, if, if anybody watched the Texas Tech-Mississippi State bowl game, if anyone watched the Tennessee-Purdue bowl game, the Clemson-Iowa State, where I think they dumped the Cheez-Its on, on uh, Dabo, if anyone watched the Rose Bowl game, I mean, for you to say that the non-playoff bowl games don't matter to players, that's false, too. Now, again, is it going to matter so much as to all of the players? Eh, probably not, because that's that's a, a much more general statement. But in terms of does it matter to players? I mean, just go pull up the film. Of course it does. These guys, Matt Corral is out there trying to truck linebackers over when he has a first round contract waiting after the game and he gets hurt. Like, so to say it doesn't matter to the players and to these teams, that's false as well. And, you know, the difference though, JT, is they maybe aren't as important to the college landscape and to the determination of the national champion, right? Because now we have the playoffs and an an actual national championship game. But I tell you this, the reason why the Rose Bowl, the Orange Bowl, the Fiesta, the Sugar have always been so big, and maybe now they're not as important, is because back in the day, they could determine the national champion, even if one of those teams had no shot at the national title. Because you could still get the votes. Well, you can mess you can mess up that game for the number two ranked team, the number one ranked team, and now someone else jumps in, even if you're ranked number nine. Yeah, you don't win it, but you can affect it. So in 1995 in the Orange Bowl, guess what? Warren Sapp did not opt out. He tried to beat Nebraska. They didn't do it, but 
it was a much more important game than nowadays. But does it mean it mattered more to those guys than to these guys? No. But the importance of the game, we must admit, was greater. You can go back to the 94 Rose Bowl. Oregon tried to beat Penn State when Penn State was undefeated. The 97 Rose Bowl, Michigan beat Washington State and had a, a share of the title with Nebraska. But that game was immensely important to the national title because if Washington State upsets Michigan, Nebraska's the sole champion. So the importance of these games, yes, those have changed because of the playoffs, but to say it doesn't matter, I think that's too much of a stretch. I agree with you to an effect. I think depending on the bowl game, I think for the elite to good NFL prospects, depending on the bowl game, they matter. But I think for guys needing to showcase their talent for the NFL, I think they all matter. So it just depends on the good guy point. and depends on the bowl. Yep. Good but um, I guess Kurtz, I think what he was trying to say was, you know, like he's obviously tired of all the players off and out, missing these bowl games that aren't playoff bowl games. And I think he was trying to ask basically, how does college football get players to play more and opt out less in non-playoff bowl games? So what would be your solution for college football to stop that from happening. I've been excited this whole episode for this question, JT, because the, the, plan. the, right, the dawn of sports is going to give you the answer to the test. I hope the Let NCAA me put, this, let me put, put you on mute real quick. <laughs> I was going to say, make sure you got it double recorded so we don't lose this track. But listen, I hope the NCAA is listening. I hope colleges are listening. I hope mm-hmm. sponsors are listening and I hope players are listening because mm-hmm. this is how you get players to play in the non-playoff bowl games and we're talking mainly the stars here right JT because those are the ones Kenneth Walker uh Kenny Pickett Thibodeau those are the guys opting out of the non-playoff uh, bowls right this is how you do it we've got the NIL in place so it's legal to pay players through sponsorship deals guess what bowl sponsorships such as Capital One at the Orange Bowl the Sugar Bowl sponsor, the Fiesta Bowl sponsor, the Rose Bowl sponsor, you have an endorsement deal with the Kenny Pickett, if you're the Peach Bowl, with whoever's playing in your bowl game, you have a sponsorship deal with that guy that if you play, here is your sponsorship deal. Could be $250,000 could be half a mil. You're paying college football so much money as a sponsor to put your name on this bowl game. What's an extra half a million when you can get the star, the Heisman finalist in Kenny Pickett, to play in your bowl game? That is going to increase ratings and increase all the other sponsorships that come with that bowl game. And as far as I know, that would be legal. Now, there need to kind of be a, a, a an eye wink that, hey, Kenny Pickett, Regardless if you play or not, you are going to get half a million because we want you to be endorse Capital One with the understanding that, hey, you do need to show up and play. And Kenny Pickett should wear all the sponsors (laughs) on his jersey like NASCAR. That would be dope. Now, they cannot make it, obviously, contingent on him playing because then it would be pays to play. But you know what? Maybe they could because it doesn't come from the school. The money doesn't come from the school. It's an NIL deal, essentially. it's It's an NIL deal. So. Listen, I don't know, pick a range, 100K to 500K. If he's that good in the Heisman winner and not in a playoff game, pay him a million dollars. I'm pretty sure they would say, you know what? I can make a quick mill 
real quick before the draft, sign me up. Now, the thing is, I can't guarantee they're all going to play as hard as Matt Corral did, right? Because they may collect that one mil, JT, and be like, hey, you know, three quarters in, they're kind of starters. They're running out of bounds. You know what I mean? They're throwing the ball in the ground when they feel the pass rush. So I can't guarantee their play as far as how good they play, but they will play if you pay them. I like that. I mean, you should you should trademark that so nobody can steal the idea. Um, if somebody's listening with money, I think you should come to Don. He just basically found out how to save college football. Uh, I agree with you. Uh, my, my answer is not as elaborate of a plan as yours, but it's pretty much the same thing. And I agree. It's easy. It's pay them. It's pay the players. That's how you stop guys from opting out of non-playoff bowl games. And the less risk and more guarantees you give, the more you'll get uh, out of these bowl games. Like you, I, I want to, I want Kayvon Thibodeau. I know I keep using him, but <laughs> he, I mean, he might be the number. One, he's he might, the one picking the draft. Yeah, he might but, be the number one pick. But if you want Kayvon Thibodeau to play in whatever the Kraft sack of shit bowl, well, like, I think it was the Alamo Bowl. I believe. I'm saying, but whatever, whatever yeah. non-playoff game it is, if you want him to play, convince him that he won't end up like Jalen Smith. And you must show these players that you actually care about their futures beyond college football. And I think one of the best ways to do that is a plan similar to what you just eloquently outlined is pay to play. However, you got to fix it up to make it look good. So people don't get in trouble in violations. Do that. Give these players more guarantees that their future financial futures won't be put at risk. Uh, So we agree. Got it. Got it. Got a pony up and got to pony up and pay them if you want them to play in the non-playoff uh, bowl games. So before we go, JT, big segment, weekend predictions, week 18, huge, because there's a lot of uh, playoff implications on the line. So we'll go through it real quick. My Steelers at the Ravens, who you got? Ravens, emotional, emotional Monday night game. No way they can get up for a Ravens game. And not only that, on the road at Baltimore, shorter week. I've got Even the Ravens. shorter Ben Roethlisberger passes. Wow, wow. I got to take the Ravens, even though I really want to take the Steelers. But if I'm picking with my mind, I'm going Ravens. Colts at Jaguars. All right, so I'm going to pick the Jags, but here's Woo! the reason why. One, You want, you I, want the Ravens to get in. <laughs> no, no, not even that. So I'm picking the Jags because I think this is the, this is the game where I think the Colts can be let down. Like, they just think they got it in the bag. They own the Jags. I think the Jags will beat them. But I'll tell you why I'm picking them, too, at the end of this section. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what. Go with Jonathan Taylor if you're the Colts. He's the MVP. MVP you have he's to pick he's the MVP of the league. He's going to get you to the playoffs. I've got the Colts. Saints at Falcons. Uh, I think you convinced me on um, at this just in that the Saints are legit and, you know, you know, they do you think they're going to get that that last NFC playoff spot. So I do. I think the Falcons are going to make it close, but I think the yeah. Saints get it done ultimately. Yeah, it's a rivalry game, but I, I've got the Saints. They need it. Uh, 49ers at Rams. 49ers going to jam it down their throats. Nah, this is a different. This is a ri- different Rams team, and they're going to come to play. They almost just lost to Baltimore. Nah. This is the same Rams team. Matt Matt Stafford still whoa, throws stupid interceptions, whoa. right? You, you really want to say that when the Packers almost lost to the Ravens? I believe. Yeah. When? That's what I thought. What week was yeah. that? A couple weeks ago. Yeah, a couple weeks ago with Tyler Huntley. Yeah, they probably didn't take him seriously, but I mean, yeah, the Rams yeah. aren't a juggernaut. 
Wow. Well, I've got the Rams going away. They're going to show up and take it to the 49ers. The Rams are sick of being pushed around. And then the the game that basically you win and you're in, Chargers at the Raiders. All right. So so I'm going to answer your question for you. So obviously I'm picking the Raiders because I picked them on this, Justin, and you're going to pick the Chargers, right? No, no. I've got the Raiders. I told you. You got the Raiders? Yeah. Don't you remember? Oh, I thought you picked the Chargers. Oh, I picked the Raiders. I said this is a Chargers type of moment that they blow it. Don't you remember? Okay, okay, okay. My bad. So we both picked the Raiders? Listen, he never listens to me. Yes, we both picked the Raiders. So funny thing, this is also why I picked the Jags, because I kind of want to see this happen. So I don't know how this statistically could happen, but I was reading some crazy scenario where if the Jags beat the Colts, both the Raiders and the Chargers can make the playoffs. I don't know how that'll work, but they're saying that's a possibility. So – I kind of want the Jags to spoil, spoil the Colts. You, you know, the way they can do it is it needs to be a tie because if the if the Jaguars beat the Colts and the Chargers and Raiders tie, the Steelers are out and so are the Colts. So maybe that will happen and some crazy <laughs> some crazy drama will happen. So you want a tie. Win. You're saying they're going to tie. Yeah, everybody, okay. everybody will get in, but I feel like the Raiders just, will win this game. <laughs> just so the Steelers can't get in. That's what you want, right? Exactly. All right, well, there you go. So the Chargers and Raiders would have to tie. The Colts would need to lose for both the Chargers and Raiders get in. If the Steelers win, Colts lose, and doesn't matter. As long as either the Chargers or Raiders win and there's no tie, the Steelers get in with the winner of the Chargers and Raiders. So um, I feel like a Steelers playoff team, but it, here we are. It, it does not. I don't think they get in, but, hey, let's hope they do because at this point, they're not getting a top 10 uh, draft pick. So, JT, Happy New Year. Hope it's it's off to a good start. As you can tell, not so good because I'm still dominating you in our debates. But, hey, you've got the rest of the year to improve. That's the great thing about it. And to the listeners out there, thank you, as always, for listening to us. We couldn't do it without you and your support. And remember to please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and whatever platform you listen to all of your other favorite podcasts. And remember, if you like what we do, leave us a five-star review. And JT, if you don't like what we do, leave us a five-star review. And also remember to please follow us on social media, our handle JT and the Don, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. So thank you again for listening, JT. Great job, though, my man. Until the next episode, see you. Peace.